Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. We're going to go ahead and get started with Sunday school this morning. It's good to see everyone in the house. So as you make your way back to your seats, if you're able to stand, please. If you're not able to, I get it. Well, if you have your Bibles or you're going to be on your, your app, Angelina said, don't tell me what to do. So, <laughs> It's going to be on the screen, too. <laughs> Today we're going to be in the Old, the Old Testament book <laughs> of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 133. Psalm chapter 133. And glad to see everyone in the house. Actually, it, feel, it feels good today, man. It, uh, you know, I, I would be lying if I said it felt good every day. Don't know. <laughs> Sometimes y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and I look back at you like y'all crazy. Uh, but sometimes you know you walk into the room and it just it just feels good. It just feels good. Now, a pastor said it, and I'm not just saying it because it sounded good when he said it, but I I feel it too. It does feel it does feel good good in the house today. We're going to be continuing on this month. The theme is unity, relationships. So we're going to continue right in that same vein with that. And I will see what the Lord has for us today. Just before we really get into this thing, just want to take the opportunity and the time, again, to give honor to Pastor Satan and to Sister Satan for allowing me to stand before you, stand before you this morning. So... We're in the book of Psalm, beginning at chapter, uh, well, we're chapter 133, beginning at verse 1. If you're there, say, I got it. If you're not, say, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, hey, look, I, I wasn't going to do it, but, man, I, you know, I said, that was a long, that really was a long time, people. That was, I wasn't going to do it, but. <laughs> All right, the Bible says in verse 1, behold, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity? It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. And it's a small chapter, a short chapter. The, the final verse 3 says, As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore, even life forevermore. And for, I already told you we're talking about unity this morning, but for the time that, that we have to share, I want to share some thoughts on, on the topic. It's uh, the consequences of unity, the consequences of unity. Before you're seated, I'm going to ask, can we just lift our voices and can we just ask the Lord to help us this morning in this hour. Lord, I thank you for Allowing us to be here this morning, Lord Jesus, I truly don't believe that anyone's here by accident, Lord God, not by chance or happenstance, but really it's, it's divine and it's ordained that everyone is in this place today to hear the word 
today to hear, not just in Sunday school, but for the rest of the service and worship. Whatever you have for us today is for everyone in this place today. No one's uh, better or more special than anyone. We all need to hear a word. We all need to be encouraged. We all need to be directed and guided. And I, I pray that, Lord, the way you gave me this lesson is the way I give it back to the people, Lord God, so that we can receive from it, Lord God. I pray that we would be attentive to your word and also obedient to your word. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. We give you all the glory and all the honor. If you say amen, you can be seated. So unity, 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 and the consequences, the consequences of unity. When I first started, in fact, I just changed it this morning. I was battling. Initially, I was just the, the consequence of unity. And I realized that as I was going through, I had several consequences. And I was like, well, I don't want people. If it was me, I would spend the whole time of the lesson trying to figure out why I titled the lesson Consequence, but I'm talking about many consequences. So I decided to give it to those people who might be like me, who might be like me, and I changed it. Consequences of unity. Because as we'll, as we'll, as we'll unpack today, there are plural consequences of unity. And some of you are trying to figure out what, what, what does he mean and isn't, isn't unity a good thing? And, and indeed, it should be a good thing. But we'll kind of pull out today that sometimes unity is not a good thing. We'll pull out that sometimes we're together in one mind, in one accord, and in thought, but uh, we're thinking about the wrong thing. We're believing for the wrong thing. We're going after the wrong thing. And we'll kind of we'll look at it today. But Webster defines unity this way. The quality or states of not being multiple, oneness, oneness, goes on and says a condition of, of harmony, that, that's accord. Finally, it says that it's a quality or state of being made one. We're talking about unity, it's unification. We the church, we're the apostolic church. We should feel real at home with this, with this definition. It, it should uh, give us a sense of familiarity talking about unity and unification and accord and, and oneness because that's, that's our Christian identity. That's who we are. That's how that when people see us or, or when, we talk about, when we talk about the God that we serve, that it's, it's easy and, and familiar for us to talk about his oneness. It's easy to talk about us as a people being one, being of one mind and one accord. We're going to look at it here in a little bit in uh, Acts chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 4, and it's a very familiar passage of Scripture for a lot of us in this place, for a lot of us in this place. The Bible says there in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, all right, they were all with one accord all right, in one place. They were already talking about unity. They were all in one accord and in one place. Verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now this uh, experience here in, in, the book of, in the book of Acts, Chapter 2, what we're seeing is, is one of the consequences of, of unity. When the church is unified in, in mind and in, and in thought, 
and in purpose. You see, when, when we, the church, are, are together in mind, unity, and we're in accord, the, the, the presence of God can be in the room. The glory can fall. That's the consequence of unity when we're talking about the church. God is just ready. He's just, he's just waiting. He, he's waiting for us to get on the same page. Every time we come together, that's all it is. He's chomping at the bits. He's waiting for us to get it together because he's got a whole heap of stuff. It's a whole lot of stuff. Ready for us to, it's in the outpouring. It's, on, it's in the unleashing. It's, it's in the revealing. It, he's ready. But, but he's waiting for us all the time. All the time he's waiting for us to get on the same page. Because he, he's like, hey, if my people. That, that's all he's thinking about. Right? We the people. We the ones called by his name. He just waiting on that. And sometimes, sometimes we, we take so long. We, I, man, I, I sure hope it's not, not today in the worship service. I, it's certainly not. It's, not going to, it's, it's already started here in Sunday school. I told you I felt good and I still feel good. We're not waiting today. We're all kind of we're all kind of grabbing a hold of this thing, but sometimes we get in service, man. It's like ah, it's like pulling teeth. Man, singers up here, musicians, worship leader, pastor, whomever. Turn the mic up. It don't matter how loud the mic is. We just pulling teeth. Turn the monitors up. It don't matter. It's like pulling teeth. God just waiting. Just get on the same page. Just get on the same page. And I'm going to reveal my glory. It's going to fill the house. But I, I need you to all get on the same page. Now, it's hard. We'll talk about it. <laughs> it's hard to get on the same page sometimes. But as a church, when we do get on the same page, we are unified. A consequence of that unity is the presence of the Lord. It's pre- what we saw in Acts, that's what it looks like. <laughs> that's what it looks like when, when we have the heart for God. Right? That's what it looks like when we are um, seeking and desiring his will. Again, we're talking about the consequences of unity. The thing about consequences is <laughs> they're good consequences, and sure enough, they're bad consequences. Right? The consequences are what? Dependent on the behavior that preceded the consequence. Generally, if I do something good, I'm going to have good consequences. Generally, if I do something bad, I'm going to have bad consequences. That's not always tried and true. There's some things in there we can kind of parse out, which I'm not going to do today. That's a different lesson. All right. Different lesson. But the consequence happens what after a decision has been made. It's the, it's the aftermath. It's what we're left with after we follow through with our plans. All right. What I'm trying to say is that God's people unified, all right, us unified is indeed us embracing the heart of God. But sometimes we can be unified and work together. We can embark on a journey, <laughs> embark on a path that is totally contrary to God's will for our lives. So we may indeed be working together, right? There's harmony, there, we're in accord, there's unification, there's oneness. But the, the, the plan we have in mind, the thing we want to accomplish, it's not of God. And when we do that, when we do that, you, you might indeed have a visitation from the Lord, but it may not be in the form that you were hoping for. Yeah, he's going to show up and he's going to talk to you, but the stuff he's going to say is not what, well, it should be what you expected, but we get confused sometimes. 
Remember, I talked about sometimes, you know, uh, generally speaking, the consequences depending on the behavior that preceded the action, right? If I do something good, then the consequence should be good. If I do something bad, the consequence should be bad. But sometimes we get it confused. I'm going to do all the bad that I'm big and bad enough to do, and all the good going to come to me. We confuse two plus two did not equal four. Not in that equation that you put forth. All right? Not in that equation that you put forth. All right? And we just need to be careful. You know, we're smart people. We're smart people. We are. I look across this room, see a lot of academic scholars amongst us. All right, Tyler, don't do that. You're a smart guy. He's the first one. No, I ain't smart. No, you're smart, Tyler. I see some of that stuff you be you, um, working on. I, I, Tyler, I can't do it. I don't even pretend. All right? I don't pretend. There's some smart people in here, but sometimes we just get, we just get confused. And it's not because we're bad people. It's because we're human. <laughs> yeah, and we wrapped up in this thing called flesh. And sometimes that thing just act out. <laughs> it just act out and mess us up. Confuse us. It betrays us. All right? <laughs> uh, unity. Unity of consequences. We looked at Psalm chapter 133. That's where we started. We're going to look back there. We're going to look back there at the psalmist here. Presumably, 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 King David, he wrote this. He started, he said, behold. He was saying, look, pay attention. Hey, there, I'm going to say some stuff, and I need you to pay attention, and this is good stuff. All right? So take special attention here. He said, take note of this. I am about to say something you need to hear. Bible says, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren, and, and look, we say here, brethren, we're talking about you sisters too, the sistering. The real word, fellas, real word. But how good and how pleasant is it for the brethren to dwell together in unity? And I love it here because you only got to hear me speak one time to know that I love repetition for the sake of emphasis. But King David did too. You didn't read it, I'm going to read it for you again. Because repetition. He said, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity? He wanted to emphasize that it is indeed good and it is pleasant for us to dwell together in unity. Know this, I, I kind of said it earlier, but, but being in unity is not always an easy ask. It's not always an easy task. It takes work. And you, you have to be intentional about it. Sometimes it is hard and it is a challenge to work well with others, whether they're in the church or whether they be not. See, we kind of think, you know, yeah, okay, when I leave these four walls in 21650 Chancellor's Run Road, every, you know, I get it. I'm going to find some difficult people, some hard to get along with people. All right. But when I come through these doors, I ain't going to find none of those people here. <laughs> Brother Gibson said, all right. It's only the, the elect that show up in these doors. I'm not going to find none of those bothersome people that it's hard to get along with and hard to work with, that I got to just, ooh, mm, grit and bear. No, I ain't going to find none of those people. <laughs> but no, look, hey, here King David was talking about church people. He didn't say how good and how pleasant it is, you know, that we dwell in unity with people at Walmart. He, that's hard too, that's hard too. He didn't say 
how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell in unity with, with, with our co-workers. He didn't even say it, how good and how pleasant it is to dwell in unity with our family. <laughs> but he talked about our brothers and our, our sisters. Because even here in this place, right, amongst these happy, smiling faces, it can be hard. It, it shouldn't be. I'm going to put it plain. It shouldn't be. But, man, that, that humanity again, we just can't escape it. We just can't get away from it. And so the humanity just rises up and sometimes, ooh, I just got to pray through again. You ain't got to pray. I'll pray. I'll pray for both of us. All right, Sister Naomi said, I feel you. <laughs> She's my witness. She's my witness. All right. I'll, you ain't got to pray. I'll pray. I'll pray enough for the both of us. All right. I'll pray for the both of us. And, and that's how it is sometimes in the church, but it ought, it ought not to be that way. It ought not to be that way. Paul teaches this in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. He, he, he says, if, if, at all, if it be possible, as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. He wouldn't have said it if it was just going to be easy. He, he could have left that out. But it was a reason behind it because he knew somebody someday going to need that. Paul said it. All right. If at all possible, it's taking everything I got. But since I still got something, it's possible. Ooh, to live peaceably with her. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for the good word. And sometimes it's got to be that way. He put it in there because he knew that, look, he, look I'm glad he put it in there for me because I've been there. I've been there when I needed it. I'm like, Jesus, I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to tell her whole business. Now, I met this lady last week. I ain't going to lie. She's one of those people. Well, I wouldn't lie anyway. I don't know why I prefaced it just saying that. Because when people say, I ain't going to lie, that's not good. Just don't listen to nothing else they say for the rest of that conversation. But I recognized I did it, so I had to speak to it. I texted some people and I told some people that people like this lady, they, they, I, they, they make me, I'm going to use this word, it's in the Bible. <laughs> they make me hate my job. They make me want to quit. I'm counting down the days. It's years, it's years, not days, it's years. <laughs> but I'm counting it down. Come on to meet these people, I'm like, why, Jesus, why? I know you don't make any mistakes, Jesus, but what happened with the mold when you picked up the dirt and you started? What got in the dirt, Jesus, that just, they ain't come out right, Lord. But at the same time, I said, it's people like this that make me love my job. Because when I left that person, I didn't, I didn't curse them or cuss them. I didn't. And that's the truth. I didn't do either of those. I lived peaceably with her. All right? Because at the end of the day, it, I got worried about me. She, she didn't care about me. But at the end of the day, I got to be able to look myself in the mirror and know that I came out of that one on top. All right? I won that battle. All right? Check that. All right, I got that one. All right, so Paul says, he said, if at all possible, um, as much as lies within you, work, live peaceably with all men because he knew there's going to be some times when it was going to be hard and difficult to be in unity 
right, when it would literally take everything you've got, right, to be cordial, right, to those people around you. And again, not the people outside the church. <laughs> yeah, they're sitting right beside you. <laughs> Paul knew what he was doing. <laughs> was that Sister Carol? Get your sus together. I don't know who you're talking to, but <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look up, left, right, nothing. I'm going to keep looking at these words on this page. <laughs> Verse 2, Psalm chapter 133, it says, it is like the precious ointment. Now, we're still talking about being in unity, dwelling with each other, right? It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. Remember that guy? It's the first high priest in the tabernacle, right? That went down the skirts of his garments. <laughs> so to dwell in unity with my brothers and my sisters, it's like experiencing the anointing of the high priest in the tabernacle. <laughs> and you don't have to take my word for it. I already read Acts chapter 2. Well, what do you think was happening there? <laughs> that was the oil running from the top of the heads to the soul. That was God. That was the anointing. <laughs> it literally was the presence of the Lord. But why? Because of the unity. We wouldn't have had that if not for the unity. Specifically, there was 120 of those people in there. We coming close. We, we close. We close. About 89. But if we wouldn't experience that, we wouldn't experience that anointing, that event for us, we got to be on the same page. We got, our, our purpose has got to be Harmony. It's got to be accord. It's got to be unification. It's got to be oneness. Look, we, we have the battles fought. We're already in the same place. That's half the battle. We already hit, Pastor talked about it earlier. If they get here, it's not about anything that we do once they get here. Because God will do it in spite of us. Because we'll miss it 10 days out of 10. <laughs> but if they get here, God will move in spite of us. His glory will fall in spite of us. <laughs> They're going to experience his splendor and his majesty. And it don't matter what you do. And it certainly doesn't matter what I do. And that's what you got to believe. <laughs> I believe it because I wrote it. I wrote it. I put it in notes. I wouldn't have put it if I didn't believe it. I'm not in the habit of, you know, you type in, you start to get knuckles hurt and carpal tunnel. If, I don't, if it's not important, I'm not putting it in this thing. If I don't believe it, I'm not just going to type it out. But we all got to believe it together. But it's not just about believing that God will work in spite of us. Because if we come every week just, just believing, well, God, I'm, at, uh, I'm having a bad week. You have to move in spite of me. If that's every week, my goodness, that's not the way to approach this thing. <laughs> you've miscalculated. It's not an excuse to say and to understand, to believe that he will move in spite of us. It's not an excuse just to show up any which kind of way. It's not. It's an opportunity that, you know, to, to make sure that before we get here, before we get here, we're ready to work together. We're on the same team, same purpose, same goal. We're trying to affect uh, the same end. We are, even though, even though sometimes when, you know, 
Uh, I feel bad for Pastor. Man, he's sweating through that jacket, right? And he's looking through, and he, man, he, then he starts to walk. He come over here, try to find some happy people over here. It's like, even though sometimes your, your faces don't reveal it, we all on the same team. I don't know what's going on in this corner over here. They got shenanigans. But even though your faces may not always express it, we're on the same team. We're all on the same team. Same common goal, same common purpose. Ah, time. Time, the enemy fleeting. We're talking about the consequences of unity. The consequences of unity. In verse 3 of chapter 133 of the book of Psalms, finish it out. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, we read it for there the Lord, what do you do? He commanded blessing. Yeah, consequence of unity. Blessing. Finish it out. Consequence of unity. What does it say? Life. <laughs> when we're all on the same page, God, God's going to... Gonna, gonna speak life. God's gonna speak life. There, there in Acts, there in Acts, he, it was his very breath. It was his very breath, right? The Ruach of God. His very spirit entered into the people. Why? Because they were unified. They were waiting for him. They were waiting for him. He told them to wait and they were waiting. They knew something good was coming, didn't know when. But they were ready for it. They were ready for it. They could have kept waiting all day and all night. The rest of the year, Passover would have come and gone. No Holy Ghost without unity. No presence of God without unity. No blessing. No life. <laughs> now without unity, yeah, you may feel good. Hey, just because you feel good. We, we can call it whatever we want. <laughs> Just go, you say you bless. <laughs> All right. It's a lot of people right now. <laughs> they're living everything contrary to the word of God, but they're, they bless. We got to be careful. Just because I call it something <laughs> don't mean that it is that thing. It's just the way it is. It's the truth. The thing I like about the truth is you can't make it up. The, the truth is just the truth. The thing I love about it is whether you believe me or not, it's still the truth. Whether you open up your Bible, turn to the same pages that I turned to and got the same revelation, it don't matter. It's still the truth. I've gotten to the point in my life that I don't, I mean, this is everything. I, I don't convince people of anything anymore. I don't even try. I did that. I did that. I'm getting old now. I can't do that. That's right. I'm getting old. I said it. I said it. Cleaned up the garage yesterday with, with joy. I'm old. This stuff hurting now. All I did was clean the garage. I picked up boxes, put boxes here. I swept. Not this way. That's not a good way. I'm not left-handed. <laughs> I'm right-handed, but I, that's the way I'm doing it. So maybe that's why I hurt. But I did. I swept the wrong way. But I'm too old to be trying to convince people. But I'm too old to try to convince. That sounds much better. Convince people of anything. I'm not trying to convince. Even this morning, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. <laughs> it's not me that gives the revelation. It's not. I learned that a long time ago. 
I don't give you the revelation. I don't give you the conviction. I don't even give you the desire to open up the book and read it for yourself. <laughs> that don't come from me. I'm just on assignment. You do with this what you choose. Because at the end of this, all I'm doing is being obedient. <laughs> I'm doing my job. I'm doing my part. At the end of this, everybody, under the sound of my voice, if you're listening on, uh, uh, um, on the interweb, that's not, the, yeah, that, you can do that too. You online right now? I'm not trying to convince you of anything. It's, it's, it's all here. You receive, you do with it what you, what you feel to do. I said I was going to talk about consequences of unity. I'm going to try to get to it. No matter what I do, I'll get to the five. No matter what I do, I'll get to the five. Five consequences, five consequences of unity. And I'm, look, I'm not a point speaker, teacher, preacher, none of that. But this is how it came out, so I'm going to give it to you how I got it. Give it to you how I got it. First consequence, ooh, let's do this. It is going to be a consequence of unity, but when we're unified for a purpose contrary to the will of God. Because we saw what can happen when we are in the will of God. His glory, his presence, Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, all that good stuff. Blessings and life. But what are the consequences when what we're doing is contrary, right, to his will? So five consequences when we are doing what's contrary to the will of God uh, as it pertains to unity. First, separation from God. Separation from God, and you can read the whole thing later. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I tell you, I'm running out of time. But in chapter 3 of Genesis, verses 6 through 24, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. What I'm going to do, I'm going to read verse 6 and verse 24 of Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says, and, and listen, see if, you, see if you hear something that just sounds familiar, like we just read it a little while ago. It says, and when the woman, we're talking about Adam and Eve now, they're in the garden uh, of Eden. This is day three. This is the third page of the Bible, and we're already messing up. Page three, people. I'll tell you, man, that humanity. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant. We just talked about being good and pleasant, right? That's back in Psalm. Well, not, well you know what I mean, chronologically. Back in Psalm, King David said, hey, how good and how pleasant it is that we dwell in unity. And here we, here we see Eve, she's looking at the tree and she sees that it's good, right? It's good for food and, and it's pleasant to her eyes. A tree to be desired to make one wise. Why? Because God gave it. That's why it looked good and that's why it looked pleasant. If God gave it, of course it's going to look good and it's going to look pleasant. Why? Why? He wants us to be unified. That's why it's good and pleasant to be unified. But he didn't want them to eat of this tree. So though it may look good and it may be pleasant right, to the eye, God said no. So we got to be obedient to that. She took of the fruit thereof, and she did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Verse 24, so he drove out the man. Consequence. Consequence of unity. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims. 
And a flaming sword was turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Separation from God is a consequence of unity. Indeed it is. Again, you don't got to believe me. It's right here. Second consequence. We're deceived into thinking that we're like God. Again, this is a consequence of unity, but in a purpose that's contrary to the will of God. So we deceive ourselves in thinking that no, we're like God. Again, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, it's lengthy. But if you want to, well, it's, it's not lengthy, but I, it's a lot of reading. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. But I'm just going to read beginning at verse 6. We're looking here at the Tower of Babel. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. Oh, they, they're one. Oneness, unity. All right. And they all have one language. Again, oneness, unity. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Verse 7, let us go down, is God speaking, and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Because now, yeah, y'all were together, but y'all, y'all, y'all doing something that's contrary to my will, so I got to shut that down. That's, that's what God was saying. Uh, I got to shut it down. Y'all about to hurt yourselves. All right. Sometimes he'll come in and, and step in for us because we're about to mess up. And he'll shut it down before we have a chance. Verse 8, so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence from the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Verse 9, therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. You know, sometimes we get mad at God. Why you do that, Jesus? Why you do that, God? Why did you stop it? You should be saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for shutting it down. Thank you, God, for stopping it. I was about to really step in it. But I'm so glad that you're smarter than me. I'm just so glad you're looking out for me when I ain't looking out for myself. Sometimes we get mad at God and we need to be lifting up our hands Throwing our hands up in the air, lifting our voices and, and thanking him. <laughs> thanking him for not allowing that thing. All right? Thanking him for not allowing that decision to go. Yeah, we put a plan together, and we were trying to affect that plan, but he shut it down. <laughs> I didn't have to experience the consequence that I was le- heading towards. I was heading towards that thing, but, but God said, mm I got you this time. I got you this time. Stop being mad at God. He's trying to help you out. He's trying to help you out. Third consequence. Right? We're, we're unified. We're unified, but, but the thing we're, we're unified for is it's contrary. Right? It's contrary to the will of God. And when we do that, consequence is we won't wait on the Lord. We won't wait on the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we, we got to wait on the Lord. What is it, when fools rush in? You don't want that to be you. That's, you don't want that to be on, on, on uh, um, your gravestone when fools rush in. Mm. Here lies blah, 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 when fools rush in. All right? <laughs> we got to wait. We got to wait on the Lord. This one is long. I'm definitely not going to read this. Exodus chapter 32 Verses 1 through 35, if you want to look at it later. I'm not going to read that much. I'm just going to read 
beginning at verse 1. I am going to begin at verse 1. And here we're looking at the golden calf. And we're talking about, we're talking about not waiting on the Lord. Yeah, you got a plan. You want to do some stuff, but, but you're not waiting on the Lord. You didn't ask the Lord. You're just trying to do your own thing. Mm, not good. The Bible says here, and when the people saw that Moses delayed from coming down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. He's taking a long time. Where is he? I don't know what's going on with him. Hey, <laughs> we got to take over. All right, we got to take over. Mm-mm, started off bad. Started off bad. Verse 2, and Aaron said unto them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. They started by saying, first it was, it was Moses. Now, where's Moses? He's gone. Okay, well, now it's the calves. That's who brought us out. We done traded Moses. Uh, we done forgot about God. All right. We done, we, it's the golden calf now. Verse 5, and Aaron saw it. He built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. Uh, verse 6, and they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose to play. Verse 7, and the Lord said unto Moses, go, get thee down for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them, and they made them a molten calf, and have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Verse 9, and the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold... It is a stiff-necked people. Finally, verse 10. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath wax hot against them, and that I may consume them. And I'm going to start over with you, Moses. I'm going to get rid of all them people. <laughs> they stiff-necked. They don't want to do anything. That I, look, they don't forgot about me. So I'm going to start over with you. We just have to be careful that if we make a plan, right, if, if we gather together and we, we want to accomplish something, that the thing we are trying to accomplish is pleasing to the Lord. If the thing that we're trying to accomplish says, I don't even remember who the Lord is. If the thing that we're trying to accomplish says, I don't need to wait on an answer from the Lord. If the thing that I'm trying to do says, it's been long enough. <laughs> he must have forgotten about if the thing we're endeavoring to pursue starts to allow us to embark on that kind of journey and that kind of path and that type of thinking, abort, abort, abort. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. All right? We need to reset. We need to reset because God, you, you better be careful. God might reset you. And start over without you. Here lies when fools rush in. Because you decided not to wait on the Lord. 
consequence, consequence of unity, but again, unity when we're doing contrary to the will of God. Fourth, I say I got five. I'm on number four. Number four. All right. Uh, Fourth consequence, we we lie to God, which is hard to do, by the way. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can lie to me, but you can't lie to God. But I talked about that humanity thing. We get so confused, and it's like we forget about those things that we know to be sound and true and unchanging. Those things that are cemented. And we just wake up one day, yeah, I can lie to God. No, you couldn't lie yesterday. You can't lie today. You can't, no, not to him. Again, you can lie to all of us in this room right now. (laughs) You can't lie to God. You can lie to the man of God. You can't lie to God. But we do it all, and we general thing. We do it all the time. And then we get the consequences, then we're confused. We're confused. Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. I'll read this whole thing. Here we're looking at, we're meeting, well, we're looking at Ananias and Sapphira. The Bible says, but a certain man, this is verse 1 of chapter 5 of the book of Acts, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and uh, brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Yeah, that's the man of God. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Verse 4, whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. He's dead. And great fear came unto all them that heard these things. That, yeah, if I, if I was behind you, we talking, then you talking to the pastor. He called you out, and then you drop dead. I'm going to be afraid too. All right, don't take rocket science. I'm going to get myself together. What did he do? I don't want to do that. I don't want to repeat the mistake he made. <laughs> Verse 6, and the young man arose and round him up and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after. Mm-mm-mm. When his wife, not knowing she did not, where was she anyway? They should have been together. What was she doing? She was hiding those possessions. She said she had sold. That's what she was doing. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that. I, I added that. That's me. That's not, that's not, that's not in the word. That's not, that's not there. I put that in there. But she wasn't there. Oh, what was she doing? Right. I'm just going to go to verse 8. And Peter answered unto her, tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, yay, for so much. All right, you know, you, you got to be, you, look, we got to be more savvy. We got to know, you know, we got to know those times when we know people asking questions, parents, but we all know the answers. See, our kids got to get better at this thing. Like, they got to, you got to know when people ask you questions, but they really already know the answer. So giving you some time to change your answer? Mm-mm. Sapphira, she didn't, she didn't know. She did, God bless her. She didn't know. 
here, no. Verse 9, and Peter said unto her, how is it that ye have agreed together? Oh, look, they agreed together. That was the unity of husband and wife. To tempt the spirit of God, well, of the Lord. Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Finally, verse 10, then she fell, whoa, then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, the same young men, they found her dead too, and carried her forth. And they buried her, they buried her with her husband. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, man, again, we, we can't lie, we can't lie to God. But when we start off in these pursuits, right, that are contrary to his will, we're going we're gonna to try. All right. We get confused, we get all messed up, all right, and we're just in a bad place. We're just in a bad place. So the things that we're doing, and I'm going to tighten this thing and fix it up at the end here. The things that we're doing, we just got to try to be uh, diligent, all right? vigilant even, to make sure that the things we're doing when we're together, <laughs> when we're coming together and, and hatching a plan, the things that we're devising between ourselves, that, that they're pleasing to God. It's not, just a, it's not just that we look towards things that are good and we look towards things that are pleasing, but, but when God looks down, cracked open heaven. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yep. 21650 Chancellor's Run. Yeah, that's pleasing. That's what, that's what we want God to do. When he peers down at us, he wants to look down at us and see that we're good and pleasing. All right. Fifth. Fifth consequence of unity. We reject the Savior. When we're united together for a common purpose, but that purpose is contrary to the will of God, we're saying, I don't need you. I can take care of this myself. I, I can do this on my own. And that's, that's dangerous uh, territory. That's foolish thinking. Because no one, under the sound of my voice, can do this without the Lord. We get to that place where we reject his voice, reject his authority. That's a bad place. It's not a good place to be. That's not any place that we should desire to be. And if we find ourselves there, we got to get out of there real quick, fast, and, and in a hurry. Because there's nothing good. That's, good. That's, that's that place you get to. That's the place you get to that was back, way back in Exodus chapter 32, all right, verse 10, where God was like, I'm starting over. You don't need me? No, I don't need you. You ever been in a conversation with somebody and you're looking at them like, have you lost your mind? I don't need you. I just tolerate you. I'm being nice. Paul said, if at all possible, with everything I got, live peaceably with you. I don't need you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to be obedient to the word of God. But you're pushing kind of hard. So I just have to tell you the truth. Sometimes you got to tell people the truth. Be careful. Don't let God tell you the truth. 
because he tell you the truth. Which is not to say that he would lie. I think we're smart people in here. That's not what I'm saying. Remember, I told you you were smart when we started. Don't change my mind. Don't change my mind. <laughs> Pastor will fix it later. Pastor will. <laughs> it was nice having this opportunity to stand before y'all. As I will never be able to again. Uh, please don't forget about me when you see me over there in the third row. <laughs> but we reject the Savior. Real quick, Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, uh, beginning at verse 16. The Bible says, and they, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Verse 17, therefore, when they gathered together, Pilate said unto them, whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ, for he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, oh, let me slow down, there's punctuation in there. <laughs> when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, have thou nothing to do with this man, all right? Don't, don't, don't do anything with this man, all right? For I have suffered many things this day. She, I've been having dreams, all right? And I don't like these dreams I'm having. Go, don't do anything with this man. All right? She was giving him wise counsel. He ain't listen. Right? Verse 20, but the chief priests and elders, all right, it's not just one person, it's many people, they're, they're together. All right, they're in unity. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude all right, that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, they, they all, unity. Yeah, but, but it's contrary to the will of God. Consequences will be severe. Consequences will be severe. Let him be crucified. They, look, this crucifixion, that's a, that's a Roman torture. That's a worldly torture. That's not even something the Jews would do. Right? They look, they, 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 they don't even, they, they don't, the, the, the thought of someone being crucified, mm -mm. They, don't, they don't like that. But no, for this man though, their Savior whom they've rejected. See, when you reject your Savior, you don't care what happens to him. I'll let that marinate. When you reject your Savior, you don't care what happens to him. But understand, when you don't care what happens to your Savior, you're not caring what happens to you. Because in this life, if you don't have, if you don't have him, you got, no, you got nothing. Options are limited. I mean, you don't have any options. That's it. You're done. You're done. We can't reject the Savior. But if you find yourself even right now sitting in these chairs hearing my voice and you came to this place and, and, and you've rejected the Savior, please, 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 please. Don't let another second pass you by when that is still your mentality, when that is still your heart, and that is still your mind. Because I, I can't guarantee you any time. Because I'm not God, I'm just Andre. And if you're taking time trying to get back to that place where you're saying, Lord, forgive me, I'm, don't take any more time. Just repent right now. <laughs> throw your hands up, throw your head down. I don't care what you do, but don't let any more time go by. 
Time is not unlimited. And God hits that reset button. It's not a good time. It's not a good place. I'll just skip to verse 26 because I'm running out of time. <laughs> the consequence was they released Barabbas unto them. And when he scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. They said, I reject my Savior. I don't need him. I don't need him. Cross wasn't for Jesus. That was Barabbas' cross. All right, that was his cross. But Jesus took it, and we, and we know that he took it, and we knew that he was going to. We know that he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. We know that. It's like I said earlier, though, just because I know that he had to die for my sins is not an excuse for me to reject him and push him towards the cross. That's the point that's not to be missed. That's the point that's not to be missed. The world is crazy. Not rocket science, right? I don't, my head spins as I'm sure your heads spin just thinking about the craziness in the world. The world is actually united to be crazy. <laughs> they just are. They are united to be crazy. They are united to be contrary to the will and to the word of God. That's the world. All right? And the world, <laughs> hear me now, <laughs> will have to endure set consequences of their behavior. But for us, let's just be the church. Right? Let us be unified working together to fulfill the will of the Father. Let's, let's be the church. We come in here, let's just be on the same page. One mind, one accord. Why? To see the glory. Yeah? Oneness, unification. Why? To see the glory. To see the presence of, for, for heaven to split open, the anointing just. Whoosh. I'm so excited about service today. I don't know about y'all. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do in this service today. And you can stand, because I'm, I'm, I'm finished. You can stand. Uh, final scripture, James chapter 5, verse 16. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And really, uh, the Lord started depositing this lesson into my spirit a few weeks ago. And actually, I was sitting over there in my normal seat, and Brother Henderson was teaching. He was teaching about prayer, is what he was teaching about. And the Lord, he put it in my spirit. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that. I'm, I'm going to take that. All right. Upon the other stuff he'd already given me, and I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it because though he was talking about prayer, yeah, the, the, it's, it's good for unity also. It's good teaching. It's good guidance. Because, look, I, I need you, and you need me. And, and Brother Henderson actually talked about, gave that uh, kind of that song a little bit, you know, a Hezekiah Walker song, right? But, look, I need to see your walk. I need to see your faith. I need to be joined with you in prayer. And nothing can bring us closer and together in unity more than prayer or faster than prayer. I need you. I can't do it without you. And you need me. It's of an assurity you can't do it without me. An old song we used to say, we used to sing, uh, uh, simple. You are my brother, you are my sister, so take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. Said there's no foe that can defeat us 
as we're walking side by side, as long, right, as long as there is love, we will stand. I need you. You need me. But when we're together and we're putting a plan together, let's make sure that we're in the will of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you today, God, because you are so good, Jesus, because you are so faithful to us, Lord, because everything we need, God, it comes from you, Jesus. Everything we've got to have, it comes from you. I'm asking today, Lord, not just for me, but for all of us, God. Search our hearts, God. Know our thoughts, Lord Jesus. The thing that's in us that's contrary to you, Lord God, remove it, Jesus. Take it away, God. Allow us today, Lord Jesus, to be so uh, free in our mind, Lord God, that we wouldn't be tortured by, we wouldn't be tortured by the things of this world, Jesus. But today, let us have a unity, Lord God. Let us be bound together in our faith, Lord Jesus, so that whatever happens, we'll be able to see your glory as it's revealed in this place. Let your glory to fall in the house today, Lord God. Let your glory, we want to experience you, Lord God. We want to see your spirit. We want to see you in this house today. Clap your hands. Unto the Lord, and why don't we shout unto God with a, with a voice of triumph. Come on. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. We're going to open up these back doors today. And again, I said it. I'm so excited about what God is going to do in this service. Hey, one mind and in one accord and whatever he does is going to be because we're in a place where he, we allow him to do the thing that he's chosen to do today. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.